Welcome in, everyone. I am Robertson Beyer, and again, sitting virtually across from me is Ben Parker. We are part of Fan and Sports, and we are the odds-on favorite. If you love football, you are in the right place. We're going to be talking about college, and now we're going to talk about the NFL because it's kickoff weekend for the NFL week one. It is finally here. Thank God. Um, we're going to be going over key matchups every week um, from here on out for the rest of the season. Uh, we covered college football last week, and we're covering up week two of college football again, as well as uh, week one of the NFL. And we are going to be telling you where we would place our money. Ben, how are we doing tonight? I, I am stoked. All year should be like this. We have college football on Saturday, NFL on Sunday, other games throughout the week. The weather's changing. The leaves are falling. I mean, does it get any better? I don't think it gets any better than this. No, it really doesn't. Um, you know, the, this offseason seemed really long to me. Some offseasons seem really long. This one seemed yes. extremely long to me. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Because it was an action-packed offseason for the – at least I know it in the was. NFL – Colleges seemed like yes. it was pretty heavy, too. And it just dragged on and on and on. But we're finally here. Uh, we're ready to get into it. But uh, first, we're going to do a quick recap of last week. Um, in last week's show, we covered WVU versus Pitt, Georgia, Oregon, Syracuse, Louisville, uh, Utah, Florida, and Notre Dame, Ohio State. We're just going to give a quick kind of rundown of what we said last week and the results of those games. Um, so first, uh, we talked about WVU and Pitt. WVU made it interesting, didn't they, Ben? This was a fantastic game, and we had probably eight to ten amazing college games. This was one of them. Uh, technically, I lost this because I had Pitt winning by double digits. Um, they actually won by 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 a seven here. Uh, what really surprised me in this game was that Pitt could not stop West Virginia running the football. Everything else was as we expected. Uh, West Virginia could have won this game, maybe should have won this game. They didn't. Uh, West Virginia looked really good running the football, but everything else pretty much lined up like we expected here. And But Pitt got off to the start that you were thinking that they were going to get get started on, which is good because they have a big another big matchup coming up this week that we're going to get into a little bit later. Um, this I wasn't expecting. I mean, I was, but I kind of wasn't. Georgia dominated Oregon. I mean, they just destroyed them. Uh, what the heck happened there, Ben? I, I wonder, is Georgia starting to get to that place where they are just reloading every year the way Alabama does? Now, we already know that's a fact from a talent standpoint, right? But from a training them up and a coaching them up and having them ready to play every year, maybe they're getting there. I, we'll see. But Georgia looked way better than we expected. They covered like we, we called them to last week. But they looked twice as good as anybody expected them to, no doubt about it. I mean, every everything they did was perfect, basically. So just a quick question here. Um, can Georgia be the new Alabama in the sense that we're going to see this team start just running through competition? Whether they're ranked, unranked, doesn't matter. And they're going to build up so, such a reputation as Alabama has over the years to where now – they're the new force to be reckoned with, and they're going to be the favorites from here on out. This year, for certain, yes. When you look at the schedule, it's not a brutal schedule, even though it's an SEC schedule. So they're going to roll through most of this year's schedule. We'll wait and see next year. Can they keep doing this every single season? Uh, only Saban's been able to do it so far, but, I mean, Georgia's looking like they maybe have a chance at that. 
I would hope so. Anything to get Alabama out of here. Sorry, Alabama fans. Um, <laughs> get into the game that you picked last week. Uh, Louisville at Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse ran the ball down Louisville's throat and demolished Louisville, the team that you were very high on. And this dude, Sean Tucker, that I hadn't heard of until you said his name, he had, I think, over 150 yards all-purpose. Um, tell me a little, bit about, a little bit about this guy, Sean Tucker, and what happened to your Louisville Cardinals there? Yeah, I, I got destroyed in this. But uh, I, I, we expected Sean Tucker to be good. He's a legit NFL prospect, probably an early second round, mid-second round kind of a guy. Um, he's, he's breaking tackles this year that he wasn't breaking last year. But we expected him to be really good. What I didn't expect and where I missed it, Garrett Schrader, the Syracuse quarterback, still doesn't look like a Heisman candidate, but uh, you can definitely see the improvement off of last year. He's throwing the b- football better. But even more importantly, the Syracuse defense was amazing. They, they completely choked down Malik Cunningham and a pretty good Louisville offense. Did not expect that. Uh, I completely missed this here. I said put money on this game because I thought Louisville would win by more than four and a half. And they got destroyed, okay? So, <laughs> not hiding anything here, but that's just what happened last week. Yeah, I, I'm almost glad I didn't. I said I wasn't going to watch that game last week, and I'm almost glad I didn't. Uh, <laughs> the game I didn't watch that I really wanted to, unfortunately, I, I wasn't able to, and I kind of saw this coming, was Florida pulled off the upset against Utah. Um, and I, I, I feel like I should get a little credit for this one. I said if, if Florida could hold – Utah under 30 that they have a legitimate chance in this game, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, tell me a little bit about how that game went down. Yeah, you're dead on it. Our one, our, our good piece of advice about this game was stay away from it. Do not put any yeah. money on this game because anything could happen. Utah had a chance to win. They were on the goal line with about 30 seconds left, had a chance to win this game in the last minute. They just threw an interception, didn't, didn't win it. But uh, Florida looked really good. I think the humidity, I think the, the the Florida size, I think Anthony Richardson being such a playmaker at quarterback for Florida, a lot of good things going on here for the Gators. Uh, Utah's still going to have a good good season, but uh, excellent game for Florida here. And then finally, uh, Ohio State-Notre Dame. Uh, Ohio State won, but uh, what exactly was that game? Yeah, uh, the Notre Dame defense showed up. Uh, now, the offense looked awful, but the Notre Dame defense, we knew the front four was going to be good against Ohio State, but they uh, Notre Dame uh, used the back seven to kind of snuff down the Ohio State wide receivers. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba got injured early, but they still had a whole bunch of other receivers to throw to that couldn't get open. So excellent job of the Notre Dame defense. We actually got this right Um especially on the under. We said this game was going to be under. The, the over-under was about 59 was the average of what we were seeing, um, and it was significantly under that. So we got that part right. But uh, Ohio State uh, struggled, still got the victory. So C.J. Stroud by no means had a bad game, but it definitely wasn't a Heisman type of game against, uh, like you said, a high-powered defense. Is this going to affect his chance at maybe a Heisman going forward or, you know, are scouts going to look at him different? Did he play well enough? I understand he played well enough to win the game, but did he play well enough to stay in the conversation going forward? Uh, going forward, yes. They won the game. He didn't look horrible, like you said. Um, as long as he, as long as the rest of the season looks like last year, then yeah, everything's still on the table here for Stroud. And and as far as maybe the NFL scouts go, they'll look at the tape and they'll see that this really wasn't a Stroud thing so much as 
there just weren't any open receivers here to throw to. Fair enough. Uh, I believe that's a winning record for you on the week, Ben. I I have four and two. Maybe I you have different. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, somewhere, and again, we were covering some over and unders there too. Right. So you know, somewhere between three and three, four and two. But we didn't shy away from some of the tough ones here for sure. Absolutely not, and we're not doing this doing that again this week either. <laughs> we are getting right into ranked matchups. Um, number twenty four, Tennessee. They weren't ranked before uh, week one. Um, but now they are. They did crack the top twenty-five. Uh, I know their quarterback had, had a really good week one against Ball State. I his name is currently escaping me. Um, and they go yeah. against Pitt. That we said, you know, they had an interesting game against WVU. Their offense looked good. Um, the line here is six and a half. That Tennessee is favored going on the road, which I find interesting after the game that Pitt had. Um, Ben, is tennis, should Tennessee be getting this kind of respect think, this early on? Yeah, I think so. They had one of the best offenses in the country last year. It's not going to be different this year. Um, I've got Tennessee covering that six and a half, but that's not where the money is in this game. Uh, either team could win this game. Pitt could win this game. Where the money is here is on the over-under. It's at yeah. 65 and a half. Yeah. I think – I think one of these teams might could pass 60 points in this game because the defenses are not going to be good. The offenses are loaded. Uh, I think it's going to be similar to what we saw with uh, uh, North Carolina and App State, which was both teams were in the 60s. Uh, this game may or may not reach that, but I think they're going to blow away the 65 and a half over under. So I think it's a pretty good safe bet here if you like uh, to put money on the over here because I think both teams are going to light up the scoreboard big time here. Um, tell me a little bit more about this uh, Tennessee quarterback, if you if you can give us any more, because honestly, I don't, I can't remember his name. I should Google it real quick, but I, I seriously cannot remember this dude's name. To save my life. Yeah, Hendon Hooker. He didn't even start yeah. last year until like week three or four, some, somewhere in there. And basically, they just took off. The best part about Hendon Hooker because he he can throw the ball anywhere. Uh, he he can run around a little bit. But the best part about Hendon Hooker is that their coach, whose name I totally blanked on for a second here, I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> uh, they can scheme receivers open all, against almost anybody. They are getting these receivers open all over the field. It's it's outstanding. So it's a great combination. They have some good running backs. They have some decent wide receivers. It's just a great combination. Hendon Hooker's a legit quarterback for college football. He can make a ton of throws. And uh, they're, they're going to light up the scoreboard on Saturday. You got a final score for this game, or you, you, is, is it too risky to say? I've got Tennessee 42-31, to 31, but All it right. could be a lot closer than that, and it could be a whole heck of a lot more points than that. They could both be in the 50s. All right. Uh, moving on, we have another big game. Uh, 20 rank, ah, excuse me. Kentucky ranked 20th uh, is going to Florida, who is now ranked 12th after beating Utah. Um, the uh, – you know, they're giving them some respect there after that knockoff of Utah. Uh, they were ranked seventh. Uh, you know, what's this game going to be looking like? Uh, is Florida now a force to be reckoned with? Can they keep up this this uh, momentum that they have going here? This is a tight game. This is going to be fun. This is going to be close. Um, I, I, it's about five points, but a Florida five-point favorite here. I've got mm -hmm. Florida winning something like 27 to 24 here. I think the over-under is about right, 52 and a half, so I don't see a whole lot of money opportunities here. Uh, you have two good college quarterbacks here with Will, Will Levis playing for Kentucky. 
Anthony Richardson playing for Florida. Kentucky's very organized, very, very, very experienced. They've, they've got a lot going on in that department. But Florida's got more talent. They, they've got more size. They've got more physicality. So it should be a great matchup. Either team can win this game. But give me Florida 27 to 24. Hello, this is Simon Short of the Phantom Football Podcast, part of the Phantom Podcast family. Every Tuesday, join me, Benjamin Parker, and Ronan Summers as we react to and analyze every game, piece of news, and trend across the NFL. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at Phantom Football and email the show at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Phantom Sports Industries. I'm your host, Brandon, and each episode, we'll look to bring you clear, concise fantasy football data, along with the tools and tricks that will help you dominate in your respective fantasy leagues. The goal of the show will be to bring you the analysis without all the fluff other fantasy football podcasts have. Some of those shows, although they may be insightful, last over an hour, and I want to get you back to doing whatever else it is that you love to do. Come join me on our fantasy football journeys this season, and hopefully at the end of it all, we'll be celebrating and raving about our championships together. See you all at our first episode. From Brandon, with Phantom Sports Industries, this is the Phantom Fantasy Football Show. All right, and now we're going to be transitioning to the NFL. Uh, Week one, thank God. It is here, people. Oh my goodness. If you just a little reminder, I am not a, a huge college fan. Uh Ben has been trying to convert me to uh to the college game a little bit here. It's it's working. I'm not gonna lie, it's working a little bit. Uh, you know, I wasn't able to watch many games this past weekend for other reasons, but you know. Uh now we're getting to into my territory here, the NFL. This is what I get excited for. This is what I live for here. Uh lay it on me, Ben, what we got here. Our first game, Thursday night opener, should be a fantastic game. It's the Bills in Los Angeles against the Rams. Uh, the Rams are a two-point underdog at home. That line was two-and-a-half at one point. It has narrowed a little bit. And the over-under here is 52. So tell me, walk me through this game. What you think? Bills a two-point favorite. So everyone seems to be on the Bills as the freaking Super Bowl favorites here. And I understand why Josh Allen, you know, they had a – Number one ranked defense last season, but and I, I'm not saying that there's not a path for the Bills, but their schedule is just brutal. I understand their division is the toughest, but man, they got a first place schedule. It is brutal. They their first game is against the Super Bowl champions for God's sakes. And while they are favored, I, I I was we've been talking about this game for a long time. Ben, this dates back to like when we were talking about this back in May or when the schedule was first released, and it, it was hard to pick then, and it's hard to pick now. It's like nothing has changed. It's still so hard to pick this dang game because I'm like, I love Matthew Stafford. And if you've seen my videos or any of our videos before on YouTube, on Phantom Sports uh, YouTube channel, you know that I'm a Matthew Stafford fan and Ben is not. Well, not that he's not a fan. He just does not think of them as highly as I do. Right. And I think the odds makers are doing the Rams a little dirty here, making them underdogs at home, but... This is a coin flip game. Stay away from this. I wouldn't bet this at all. The only thing I would bet is the over. Uh, 52 seems a little light for me, although these are very good defensive teams. 
I think the Bills defense is a bit of of is a bit overrated. I'm not saying they're like terrible, but I think those numbers last year were just a tiny bit inflated. Um, and the Rams defense is not getting any younger. They're still these are two top ten defenses. That's no question. I'm not questioning that at all. But I could I could see this being you know this the score getting the high twenties, low thirties, maybe even mid thirties. Um, I got the Rams in this game, just barely eking it out. But like I said, it's a coin flip. I could easily see the Bills uh, taking this game, and it you know I I wouldn't have any shame in you know taking that L there for that because it's like I it's a it's a pick'em game for me. Totally agree. Do you have a score on the game just for just for I would, and giggles? I would say that I would say that the Rams eke it out at the end with a field goal, thirty-one twenty-eight. I, I can see that easily being the final score. And really the, the problem is that Allen Robinson, he's a very talented number one receiver, but he has no chemistry with Matt Stafford. And I feel like he hasn't played in five years. <laughs> it's been a long time since he's played like a full regular season, unless actual like regular season games. And the bills do have, they don't have much at receiver besides digs. And I, I can still be at not. I can still see it being a high scoring game, but there's just too much to work to figure out right now that, you know, it, it's just so hard to pick these this these two these two teams right now. I'm with you. I think the game is a coin flip, but I like the over. The over's at fifty-two. And and, and either one of these teams is capable of going off on the other defense, I think. <laughs> so um I have spent the whole offseason thinking the Rams would win this game and picking the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Um, the closer I get to this game, though, I'm tempted to pick the Bills because I realize, you know, the Rams are going to have a new starting left tackle. Whitworth won't be there. Um, mm-hmm. They're not going to have Von Miller lining up an edge there, and and that starts to bother me. But then I realize, you know, it, the Bills, while they, they don't have any major weaknesses, the offensive line isn't necessarily dominant at, no. at times, and, and the defense can be a little inconsistent sometimes and, and look great at others. So... <laughs> To me, coin flip, I, I I think I'll pick the Bills basically by the same score you did, 31 to 28, but I'll take the Bills half of it. Mm. But I don't feel great about that. I but don't I do either. Like the, yeah, I do like the over, though. I think I think these teams can combine for more than 52 points. It wouldn't surprise me at all. It wouldn't surprise <laughs> me either. Really wouldn't. Right. So, all right, totally agree. All right, That uh, anything else for the Bills and Rams before, before we get to it? it? It'll be in here in two days. I don't know if the uh, I don't know if the the Bills are gonna. I know James Cook. I I've loved him. If you've seen any of the videos again, I've I've loved James Cook. I think he's gonna be the lead back there in Buffalo before too long. If this is his coming out game, he is gonna go off. I'm just saying, look out for it. I don't think it's gonna be Week One. I think it's gonna be somewhere towards the middle of the season. But if they if he gets some legitimate action, he's gonna go off. I'm just telling you. Yeah, and, you know, probably one reason I, I, I was tempted to pick the Rams is they're playing at home. They're going to be lit mm-hmm. up. Sean McVay, even as good as he is with X's and O's, I think he enjoys these big moments where you can get uh, – the excitement is just there. He seems like a very, 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 very much like a person who enjoys that excitement. Very anti-Nick Saban, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> very. Very. <Yeah>. Anti-Bill <laughs> Belichick. <laughs> but, all right. I can't, I can't wait to see him run down the sideline again. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to be a great game. Very entertaining. Yeah. Um, here's a game I think both of us are interested in that mm-hmm. mainstream may or may not be interested in. It's the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles, 
with Jalen Hurts at quarterback, heading to take on the Detroit Lions, who have got to be improved. They can't be much worse than last year. I think they're going to be better. The Eagles are a four-point favorite here, and the over-under is 49. So walk us through what you do and don't like about this game here. So what I don't like is the amount of national media attention each team individually is getting because, you know, the Lions seem to be the darling team this year because I think of Hard Knocks and their crazy coach, who I love. I mean, that dude's awesome. Let, let, let's let's be real here. That dude, like, he might not be yes. – he, he might not be like he might not even be a good high school coach, but you know what? That dude is just so fun to listen to. Yes, like my goodness. And then the Eagles, as a Commander fan, I you have to give them props. I mean, their def their their defense, especially, it seems to be revamped. They've they've added even some some pieces in the past week or so. I think they traded for a, a safety from the Saints who was a, who was a starter. So they, they just keep adding pieces left and right. They added AJ Brown. Um, to give Jalen Hurts another weapon. I think a key for the Eagles, at least for the season, is can Miles Sanders stay healthy? Because he is a good runner. He's an effective runner. Uh, but health and consistency has always been a question for him. Uh, I think health primarily. But the Eagles are going to go as far as Jalen Hurts takes them. Uh, I can see this team very quickly imploding if Jalen Hurts is not the answer. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to play middle of the pack. Um, but I have the Lions taking this game. I just love the Lions this year. I don't think they're going to be this, like, you know, super surprise team that's going to win, like, nine or ten games or anything like that. But I could see them winning six or seven. I, I'm, I don't love Jared Goff. But I think he is not getting enough credit for his time in L.A. with Sean McVay. I just – I think that, you know, we quickly forget what, what you know, these some of these quarterbacks have done for their teams. And he wasn't perfect by no means, and is he a, is he a top five quarterback in the NFL? But I think he can he can take this team, this Lions team that has added some pieces. When Jameson Williams comes back from injury, I don't know when that'll be exactly, but that's going to be an, an offense to 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 reckon with there because you know they got the, they got a good running game. I think I think they've improved the offensive line a good bit, and they have some weapons. And I think Jared Goff, if he can get back to that distributor role. I think they're going to be a good team, and I have the Lions actually taking this one uh, by a field goal. I got it uh, going. I got it going 27-24. And I think you're pretty much – you're just about dead on what the odds makers are, except they have the Eagles a slight favorite. Yeah. Um, I'm coming out a little bit different, and this is where <laughs> – this is where I, I always regret challenging Vegas too much. Yeah. Um, I think everything you said about the about the Lions is true on the season as a whole, but on this game, at last I've heard, Jamison Williams looks like he may not be able to play this game. Um, and while I think eventually the Lions' offense will get it together, I'm not sure that they're going to be able to score a lot in this game. So I'm going to come up with the Eagles winning. Let me check out my score. Sorry. Uh, the Eagles winning 24-17. to 17. I think the Eagles have a lot of offensive line problems health-wise, a lot of injuries. Um, we'll see who's healthy, and if they're healthy, we'll see who shows up. But I still think they just make enough plays. I think the Eagles are going to – I think the Eagles are going to go stretches of this game without making any first downs, and I think they're going to turn right around and make some really big plays. I think that's kind of their nature this, this year, and I think that's what's going to happen in this game. I, I think give me the under on this game. The, the only reason 
is just for this game, I think the Lions may struggle to score some points, not on the season as a whole. I think they'll develop. I think they'll get it together. I think on the on the season as a whole, everything you said is true. Just looking at this game, I'm a little wor- worried about the Lions offense for this week. And you mentioned uh, against an improved Eagles defense. So, uh, But the Lions can certainly win this game. There's no question about it. As a matter of fact, I'm not even sure this is a game to be putting money at. But uh, if I was going to do it, I would take the uh, Eagles to win. I think I would probably take the under as well. Yeah. Anything else for this game? It doesn't matter who wins this game. It's not good for me as a Commanders fan because obviously we don't want the (laughs) Eagles gaining any steam. And we play the Lions week two. So if they get any any momentum going in, they're probably going to be one of these teams like the Panthers were last year where they're going to rattle off four or five games in a row and everyone's going to think they're like Super Bowl favorites all of a sudden or some crap. But. Yeah, it doesn't matter the outcome of this game. It's not good for me. <laughs> You're right, and it brings up an interesting point real quick here. The first four games of the season, of an NFL season, are crucial for any team who's somewhere in the mid-level. If you mm-hmm. start off one and three, and you already were kind of a gray area playoff team in the first place, you're kind of sunk. Uh, you're, you're, you probably do not have the talent to pull yourself out of a one and three hole. So that's true for the Eagles. That's true for the Commanders. That's certainly true for the Lions. Um, these are these September matchups are crucial to any any playoff hopes that you have. Absolutely, um, you know, but it's also it, I agree with that obviously, but it's also fool's gold in a way because you know we've seen years past where the Patriots start off like you know two and two or one and three. It's like oh god, is Tom Brady getting old? Is this it for the Patriots? You know, is this it for the dynasty? And then they win the Super Bowl that year. Last year, I think the I think the Panthers were four and zero or three and one or something like that, and they you know finished bottom half of the league. They had what the third, fourth overall pick, something like that this year. Yes. Or they had like six overall, but still like ew, gross. Like you, you guys did terrible. And it is crucial, especially for those mid mid tier teams, because there's these all you always see these crazy stats about like the percentages of of teams that make the playoffs after they start off a certain record. I think it's like, wait, if you get below two and two, the chance that you make the playoffs is extremely thin. So you guys, you got to get off to a strong start. You do. And it doesn't matter so much if you're the Packers or if you're the chiefs chiefs started off awful last year. I generally, you know, you have enough talent, the quarterback, the coach to pull yourself out as the season goes along. But if, if your if your talent level is already a question mark, you do not want to start off in a whole map. Just go ahead right. and say it, Ben. If you're the commanders, if you're the commanders, it's not going <laughs> to work. <laughs> just, just call it how it is, Ben. I'm trying to avoid that here. You know? <laughs> Here's our final NFL game, which we can cover more if you want, but uh, I think this is this is a wrap it up for us on the NFL. This is one that intrigues both of us, and I, I'm interested to see if you and I come out slightly different on this. It's the Steelers at the Bengals, and the Steelers are uh, actually six-and-a-half-point dogs. And uh, I, I won't steal your thunder on what you told me last week about this game, but the Cincinnati Bengals playing at home. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Steelers. The over-under is 44. Start telling me what you think about this game. I would stay away from it, man. Just don't just do not do it because d- division games are hard to predict as it is. But we don't know if the Bengals last year, they made that, you know, that Cinderella run to the Super Bowl, which we were all impressed with. Joe, Joe Burrow seems to be the real deal. And I'm not really questioning that. It's 
they revamped the offensive line, which is absolutely needed. Uh, you know, you have another year of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. You have another year of Joe Mixon. I like their weapons, um, you know, and I like their defense too. But every team that loses the Super Bowl seems to have a slump the next season. We've seen it time and time again. And I don't know that it's going to happen to the Bengals, but it's hard to bet against it. You know what I mean? It's just it, it's right. it's a hard thing to bet against because it's like they were so high, they had such high expectations, and they got so close. Does that take any wind out of the sail? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think it's going to really. Um, I don't think they're going to have as good of a season this year, but I don't think they're going to be terrible either. I don't think they're going to fall flat on their face this season. The Steelers, on the other hand, they they just named Mitch Trubisky as their starter. Um. Say what you will about him. I think he's pretty solid as a starter. He's not great by any means. He's definitely bottom half of the league. But, you know, he's a serviceable game manager at this point in his career. Um, They're not going to ask him to do too much, I wouldn't imagine, especially early on. But I really like Najee Harris. Like, I really like Najee Harris. And granted, their offensive line is borderline a mess right now. But I I, I think he's talented enough to overcome that to to an extent like i think he's he's good he, he could have a very big game i i could easily see him going for 150 in this game pretty easily honestly even though i said that Bengals defense is pretty good naji harris I, I i really liked him um i got the Bengals winning this but only by like a field goal i see a kind of a sloppy you know or a, as the Media will say it's a tough, gritted game, but it's going to be pretty sloppy. I got the Bengals winning it 24-21. We're, we're very close here. Um, I've got the Bengals winning more like 24-17. to Here's what I'm thinking. The, the, the line here is interesting to me. This mm-hmm. is where, it, it, to me, in college games, half a point doesn't always make that much difference because of the volatility of the score totals. Yep. In the NFL, it does. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's six and a half on DraftKings, six and a half point favorites for the Bengals. If they had put that at seven, I would have taken the 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 Steelers with the points. Right. Yeah. I think Cincinnati wins. But they put it at six and a half. And I'm like, you know what? I think Cincinnati can win by a touchdown at home. I know the Bengals roster is better. I know the Bengals quarterback is better. Uh I think the Bengals can win this by a touchdown at home. So I, I would take the Bengals with the points just barely. I'm c- pretty comfortable with that. But if they had added that half point and I had to take more than a mm-hmm. touchdown, I would have taken the Steelers um, uh, with the points there. So um, it, that's a fascinating line to me. I'm not sure yeah. why Vegas set it at six and a half instead of seven. I think I would have set it at seven, to be honest. But they set it at six and a half. And I'm like, I think I'll take that. So uh, that, that's where I'm at on it. But I, I do think this is an interesting game, fun game. I think the Bengals win at home. Anything else on that? Um, I think the only thing that can keep the Steelers in this game is their defense. Like I said, I think it's going to be a little bit of a sloppy game on both sides. But if they could get some pressure on Joe Burrow, like maybe it's going to take some time for that offensive line to gel a little bit. If they can get some pressure on him, TJ Watt can get a, a sack or two in there and fluster him. We haven't seen Joe Burrow flustered much. He got sacked nine times in a playoff game and still won. Um, so, but, you know, he's Joe Cool. So I, I, I trust him in this game. I trust him in this spot with 
on the other side, a, a bad offensive line, a new quarterback. And, you know, like I said, they do have a good defense. I think that could keep them in the game, but that's why I'm having the Bengals win by a, by a field goal. Yeah, I agree. We, we, I think we could talk about this game all night long. Um, we could. This is a fun one. The wide receivers in this game. Yeah, I expect you'll see a handful of highlight catches by these wide receivers. Uh, mm-hmm. They can high point the ball on both sides. You got Jamar Chase for the Bengals, Deontay Johnson, and more guys on both sides of the football here at wide receiver. Should be a lot of highlight plays here as well. Okay, so those are the games that we're covering this week. Now, let's talk a little bit just about the season as an overview. I'm interested. Who's your potential MVP for this season? You're gonna like this, Ben. You're going to like this. Um, and I can't believe I'm saying this, really, um, because I think he's a bit of a dark horse candidate. I'm going Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, and, I, like, again, I can't believe I'm saying that. He's a top three quarterback in the NFL, and somehow he's a dark horse MVP candidate. But the names right. I'm hearing are <laughs> the names I'm hearing are Justin Herbert, uh, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady. Like, I'm hearing these names, a Russell Wilson, uh, you know, potentially a Matt Ryan if the Colts go on a run, uh, Dak Prescott if the Cowboys, you know, do well with all the turnover, no Mari Cooper. You know, I'm hearing all this stuff. I'm not – I'm hearing Aaron Rodgers. Can he three-peat? You know, I'm hearing all these names. I'm not hearing Patrick Mahomes, and I think the reason is because Tyreek Hill isn't there. But I'll tell you why he could win this MVP, and for one reason – if he has a similar season to last year, and last year was considered a down year for Patrick Mahomes, if he can have a season like last year, and I'll say this too, if the Chiefs can win 13 games, if he can have a similar season to last year and the Chiefs can win 13 games, then I think Patrick Mahomes is a shoe-in for MVP because the AFC, first of all, their division is insane. If you were to bet that division on who's going to win, you're crazy because there's no money there. Right? They're just they're just isn't. <laughs> I mean, my God! Like I feel bad for the people that have. Honestly, like you're crazy. Um, it's a tough division. It's a tough conference, and you know he lost Tyree Kill, which, in my opinion, you might disagree. In my opinion, Ty- Tyree Kill was a bit of a crutch for Patrick Mahomes. He could just say, "I'm just going to throw it up there." Tyreek, go get it. And he doesn't have that anymore. And I'm not saying Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling are bad receivers, but they're nowhere near the level of Tyreek Hill. This is quite possibly the worst group of weapons that Patrick Mahomes has had in his short career. Mm-hmm. If he can still produce at that high of a level as he did last year and the year previously and still win 13 games with – Probably the worst, again, probably the worst set of weapons he's had and maybe the worst team he's had in Kansas City. And still do that? Man, that's that's tough not to pick him, in my opinion, at least. Like, Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers. Hopefully they have Aaron Rodgers fatigue. Tom Brady is Tom Brady, you know. Unless he has another impressive year, how do you not give it to a 45-year-old, honestly? But I think... He's a dark horse candidate, but it's kind of crazy that he is. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, and I I see everything you're saying there. I wasn't sure who I was going to pick for MVP, so I'll just toss out Justin Herbert. Uh, I guess it would be quote unquote his turn. Um, out of all the out of the guys who haven't won one yet, if, if you're looking for somebody that the voters might turn to, we're pretty sure he'll probably have a, a statistically excellent season. Um, if he's up there 
with numbers wise, the, the voters might just turn to him. You mentioned the Aaron Rodgers fatigue. So um, let's talk about Super Bowl. Um, we'll start off with AFC and NFC matchups. What you expect there from title games? Oh, goodness. You know, I'm going back and forth on this, especially in the NFC, because I just don't know who's going to come out of there. Uh, I think Tom Brady's going to make it back. Uh, he's going to make it to the NFC Championship game. Uh, I just don't know who he's going to face. You know, I want to say the Packers, you know, because that would just be classic Aaron Rodgers to lose again in the championship game. <laughs> and I know they have an impressive defense, but I really just question their offense. And is Father Time going to start creeping up on Aaron Rodgers? Could he be dealing with injuries? Is he too high to play well? We don't know. Um, the NFC is tough to predict because there's just not really that. And I'm not picking the Cowboys. I'm not doing that. Just forget about that. Me, come on, man. Thank you. No, no, no. The Cowboys. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, I, I guess I'll say the Packers. I don't see the 49ers and with Trey Lance doing anything. Not as far as like getting that deep into the playoffs. I guess I'll take the Buccaneers and Packers. And then on the AFC side, I'm going to throw out a team that maybe now people talk about. I'm going to throw the Ravens out there. And I'm going to say it's the Ravens. And I'll say that's tough. I'll say the Ravens and the Chiefs. I think they're going to make it. Yeah, I, I could see any of those teams. Totally. Uh, I I think there's, what, seven, eight, ten teams this year that have a shot at it. I, yeah. I totally see everything that you're saying. In the NFC, you're right. It's so tough. I think I think it's a three-team race, Bucks, yeah. Rams, Packers. Yeah. I could see any combination. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick, I'll take the Bucks over the Rams in the in the NFC title game. Um, but any combination of those three teams, they all have major flaws. I mean, significant things that could keep them from the Super Bowl. But they all have a very good roster. They look like they're head and shoulders above the rest of the NFC. So uh, yeah. give it the Bucks over the Rams. The, the AFC side, I've got the Bills over the Chargers. I do like the Bills. Um, they're not amazing at everything, but they don't seem to have any significant weakness like the NFC teams do. And then the Chargers, I, I think the Chargers feel like they're ready. Depth is an issue. Stopping the run is a little bit of an issue. But, man, they have the edge rushers. They have the secondary. They have the offensive line. They have the quarterback. They have a decent set of wide receivers. they got good running backs. Chargers are ready. So I give me the Bills over the Chargers for the AFC side. Super Bowl matchup. Who's in it? Who wins? I'm going to say that the Ravens actually beat the Chiefs in the AFC championship game, which is great for Lamar Jackson and terrible for the Ravens organization because they're probably going to have to pay him $60 million a year at that point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll say the Bucks uh, take take out the ba- the Packers. Um, you know, it's just customary for Aaron Rodgers to do poorly in, in the uh, NFC Championship game. Um, right. But I'm I'm gonna say that the Buccaneers beat the Ravens. Um, you know, it's it's Tom Brady versus Lamar Jackson. Tom Brady's not gonna squander his last Super Bowl chance. And again, it's gonna be Lamar Jackson. Like, can he make the pass? Can he make that? And I don't I don't like that matchup at least currently. I don't like that matchup of the Buccaneers defense against Lamar Jackson. Like, I just don't like that matchup for Lamar Jackson. Um, I think 
the Buccaneers defense would put clamps on him, really. Uh, especially if Devin White is healthy and as good as he has been over the past couple of years. Uh, you know, if he's the spy, then I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be as effective as he would have been the entire season if that is the case of them getting the Super Bowl. Totally see it. I've got Tom Brady back in the Super Bowl again. I've got him losing to the Bills. Uh, is that a guarantee? No. He, he, neither team might not even show up in the Super Bowl. They might not show up in the title games. For that mm-hmm. matter, there's there's a lot of heavy hitters this year. Very top heavy for the NFL this season. Give me the Bills over the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Should be a very entertaining season. We can't wait. It is days away. We are so excited. Uh, Robertson, what else you want to add to tonight's podcast? Oh, it's it's been fun. I'm so excited for for Week One. Uh, my Commanders, please pray for them. They're about to get probably destroyed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Please help me. <laughs> God help me, please. <laughs> Um, just, uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, uh, at odds on favorites. Um, and make sure you also follow us on Instagram. We post some content on there pretty soon, uh, at odds dot on dot favorites. Couldn't get the whole thing. Uh, that was already taken. Um, and that should be everything. We're, uh, we're going to be uploading an episode every week on Wednesday. Uh, hopefully you can join us next week to see how our picks turned out and don't hurt us if you lost money. Uh, we are not responsible for that. We are we're not taking responsibility for that. You are only that money you can afford to lose. Yes, please, <laughs> please gamble responsibly. Of course, please do so. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. See you next week. Bye, everybody.